Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be talking about the epic series Billy the Kid with actor Tom Blythe, who plays the titular character, Billy. Um, and I wanted to start by talking about your character development process because, um, you know, obviously there's a lot written about him over the, over the years, and there's certain information that's factual of this happened at this time with these people, but there's so many gaps within that, and also there's not exactly writing in his own words. And so when you were looking both at the space in terms of the research that you had available to you, the way that that had been carried into the scripts, and then also that interpretive space in the middle, what were a lot of the, the factual details that you really wanted to bring in against some of the spaces where it was very much about kind of finding that space for yourself and your own interpretation, because it's not, you know, it's not a documentary telling of a story about him. It really is an interpretation and an imagination of what this might have been. I'm smiling because you literally kind of uh, you answered what I was going to say in a way. Uh, yeah, it's not a documentary. And um, and I think I first approached it like it was a little bit because um, you can't help but feel the pressure when you're told that you're playing a or when you're lucky enough to win a part where you're playing a historic kind of legend like this or someone who has existed before. Um, you you I think you end up with a lot of pressure on yourself because you want to do them justice and you want to pay homage to the person and 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 tell as much truth as possible. You know your job as an actor is to be truthful and uh, in 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 unreal circumstances to to make something real. Um, and so that is a lot of pressure at first. And I, I definitely started reading the books and kind of began with all of that um, and and kind of tried to read everything under the sun that was written about Billy. Uh, and after a while, I, not only did I realize that all the accounts are conflicting and there's so many different, you know, there's only so many objective truths about him that we know were real. And then the rest of people's opinions or perceptions or perspectives on him. Um, and so once I started to see that more and more, I kind of started to let myself off the hook a little bit. Um, and like you said, kind of take ownership of him um, and, and kind of realize that this had to be my portrayal of, of his truth. Um, and once I did that, I found that it, it cracked open a little more and I found almost like uh, he came to me rather than me having to try and seek him out a little bit. Um, and part of that was me going to uh, New Mexico and taking a trip for like six or seven days where I just rented a car and drove around New Mexico and hit all the kind of major spots that are, um, you know, integral to the story uh, of the history. So I started in Silver City, which is a beautiful little town where he grew up um, and went to Lincoln you know, where the Lincoln County War happened and where kind of most of his escapades happened and then went to Fort Sumner where he died and where he's buried by most accounts. Um, and there's uh, some controversy around that. But uh, yeah, no, I went there and, and, and it kind of ended in Fort Sumner and like literally got there as the sun was going down and kind of had this magical hour or two by his graveside where I basically just kind of stood there and it sounds a little out there, but kind of asked for permission, I guess, in a way, uh, because... You can't help but have a little bit of imposter syndrome when you're playing someone who is real, because uh, yeah, you just—I I think you want to do them justice. You want to—you want to honor their their spirit. Um, and so I kind of did a bit of a pilgrimage, and that really helped. Um, and also just like make it feel tangible. I like saw the places that are written about, and so my imagination was already fueled from the books and stuff. And then once I got there and saw it with my own eyes, it becomes more just more tangible. It just becomes something that you can live rather than kind of think about and imagine. Um, and then I had to learn to ride and learn to shoot and all these things uh, that kind of changed my body and the way I walked and talked and, and made me feel more like Billy. Um, so there was this big, you know, just like it was a mishmash of all these kind of, of things about research and then living it and, and learning skills. And then really, sorry, I'm waffling because there's so much in, in this. I'm, I, 
I care about this this character and, and the, the process of becoming him. Um, but finally, like it's it's about the script, you know. Michael is such a good writer, um, and he writes such rich worlds. And uh, so you do all that, and then eventually you realize that you've got to come back to the script because first and foremost, like what's going to end up on the screen is on is on the page. Um, and so once you've fill, filled up your kind of toolkit of imagination, um, you you trust the script, I think. And with you talking about the scripts as well, you know, I, I heard you describe it at one point that it almost felt like you could tangibly smell the earth in, oh, in yeah. the setting because there was so much great detail. What, you know, was there a lot of exposition kind of like going even further beyond the character that really helped as well, especially when you talk about taking that trip to those areas and kind of physically being in those locations that you were then able to really build upon? Yeah, I mean, I did. When I first read the pilot, when it came through my email and, uh, you know, I was asked to, to read for the part. Um, I read the pilot and the thing that stuck out to me the most, and I can still kind of picture it right now, is uh, I remember thinking the scene where the young family kind of early on rides their, um, their wagon into Coffeyville, Kansas. Michael had written the scene so it happens like, you know, the morning after a massive rainstorm. And so there's all this just like mud and, and, and just grossness everywhere. And I, could, I felt like I could taste it in the air. I felt like I could smell it from the page because he, he writes that rich in his descriptions. Um, and for me, the world of this story is as much a character as any of the actual characters are. Um, and I think that's what Michael has really captured is kind of like the world of the old West. Um, and for him and, and, and us, that's something we talked about a lot is this idea of a, a pre-Western. That's kind of how we talked about it. We were like, let's strip away all the tropes, you know? Yes, they wore spurs because they wanted to spur on their horses. Yes, saloons had swinging doors, but let's not like focus on those. Let's make it, um, you know, rather than having barrels in the street, let's make let's strip it back. Let's make it more dusty and barren. And like, you know, because all of those things are like mythologized things that we've kind of put on the idea of a Western. Um, and we wanted to make it more of a historical kind of epic, um, like family adventure story. Um, and, and with the emphasis being on historic. Um, so, yeah, I think we tried to strip it away and make it as bare bones and authentic as possible. And, and with, with that idea of how the story is told in that way as well, I think it's also quite interesting because you're, you're playing a character that's known for actions and things that he did and known for extreme violence. And yet there's so many moments throughout the season where we get to see this very observational quality and, and a lot of listening, paying attention, learning from watching people around him. And I really love a lot of those moments that we're getting to see that development into that person and kind of finding that level of exterior confidence, but it's not there from the beginning and from the get-go. Um, was that something that came through very clearly to you in the scripts? And, and how did you want to go into a lot of those scenes about just capturing the inner world of this character as much as the outer world that people know a lot more about totally yeah i mean i'm very aware that i'm following the footsteps with like a, of, a, of a lot of actors and, and previous iterations of the story that have been so kind of epic and uh legendary you know you've got like val kilmer and uh emilio estevez and all these great great actors who have played him before um but what i do think that this show and michael's script does a little differently is it really delves into those other aspects of billy um because I think a lot of the previous versions focused on his his personality as a killer, as an, as an outlaw. Um, but we joined the story a lot earlier than any any other kind of iteration has done before. Uh, and Michael's really asking the question, why did he become that? Um, so in his first season, yeah, he is he's really watchful. He's someone who is kind of absorbing and learning and, and crafting himself based on what he experiences. And most of what he experiences is pretty rough. It's traumatic. 
Um, you know, he loses pretty much all of his family by the age of 16. Uh, and so we're asking kind of the psychological human questions about like, what does that do to him? Why does, how does he toughen up? So who knows, you know, where we, where we will go in season two and whether we'll see more of his kind of slightly unhinged nature becoming part of it. But in season one, it really is about, yeah, he's got that firecracker energy. He's got like, he can split in a second if, if, if he feels injustice is being done. Um, but he's a far more moral character to begin with. He's someone who like really does believe in right and wrong. And if you research his mother, Catherine, uh, Kathleen, um, she, she had an amazing life and she really was this incredibly strong female figure in his life. And she endowed him with all this kind of morality and, and, and wit and uh, yeah, just this, this kind of like this survival uh, instinct in him, but what, while not losing his kind of his humanity. Um, and then when she passes, he, he starts to begin to lose that and it starts to unravel a little bit. Um, so, yeah. And, and, you know, he's a lover and as well as being a fighter, he's a lover, he's a charmer. He's someone who uh, plays violin and guitar and sings. Um, and apparently he read Shakespeare. You know, there's all these like accounts of him as this kind of like every man who did a little bit of everything. And so he like he really is like a rich source material to mine from because people don't really know all these other aspects of him. And the show gets to dig into that. And with the relationship with with his mom as well, you know, there's a lot of shifts in terms of things that he'll 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 do for that survivalism instinct. That even a few episodes before, a few scenes before, it was like you know he wouldn't even consider taking a job that was going to take him away from his family or being involved in anything that would take yeah. him away from being close to her physically. And then when she's not there, that obviously opens up up the gamut in a in a very different way. And I felt like you really captured such a pivotal shift in the character with what it means to have her being someone he's so close to and having her passing. And so for that reason, wanted to ask you about filming that scene where she is passing and, and where yeah. he's going through all of that, because it's not something that's just played in a singular moment. It's we really get to kind of like experience that loss with him. And yeah. then we get to see in the immediate aftermath what that means for him as a character in terms of the types of choices he's starting to make very differently. And so how did you go into filming a scene like that, knowing that it was such a crucial and pivotal moment? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that was one of the that was one of the hardest things I've ever filmed. That was uh, really quite an agonizing beautiful but agonizing day of filming for Eileen and I who plays my mom she's incredible she's just like one of the best actors I've ever seen or worked with and I feel very lucky to, to have gotten to like you know play with her for the first three episodes um and I mean I would like to say she made it easy and she made it about as easy as it could be for an actor but but the material itself is hard I mean the way um Rachel Leitman the director of those two episodes uh kind of drew it out she really wanted to kind of capture the the real feeling of grief and, and anyone who's, who's lost someone um or had been in that kind of like period of losing someone and saying goodbye um especially if you're dealing with sickness i think it it takes time um and time kind of slows down and becomes ethereal and kind of messy in your mind and it, it's almost like being drunk on grief while you're in it you know um and i think she really captures that well uh and Eileen and I definitely felt for about for whatever the day was, it was a long day of filming, it was like 16 hours of filming that day. And uh, we were in this dark room and, it, you know, there was kind of mist in the air and the, the light was kind of coming in at refracted angles and, and it was just beautifully shot and, and beautifully set. And so we kind of went into it and it felt like we came out the other side having really lived through the grief, um, which was heartbreaking uh, and definitely took a few days to come down from. But also I think it, <clears throat> excuse me, it also 
helped me grow into Billy because that happened fairly early on in the season. And so uh, for me, that was a huge turning point in him as a character and him as a decision maker. You know, that, that really, like you said, I think that that is where the switch happens. He becomes hardened. And there's that scene where right afterwards where he gets evicted from the house and I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but like, you know, the door closes on him and literally metaphorically the door is closing on one part of his life and opening on another. Um, and I think he toughens up then a lot. He does. And, and you also capture that, that complexity of all of the different emotional frames that he can move between and, and sometimes very rapidly as well. And yeah. um, it sounds like a lot of people had like mentioned a detail of like, he always had kind of like a glisten in his eye, but if you saw it go away that you knew that he was going to switch in an instant. Um, And so how to kind of like reading so many accounts of like a detail like that inform the way that you wanted to create the emotional landscape of this character, bearing in mind that it wasn't just something of, you know, this is how he's responding to certain situations, but that there can be very rapid shifts between them as well. Yeah. I mean, I I think it was, it's always tricky because you, you read something like that, that someone has kind of a glint in their eye and can be entertaining a room. And then, and then someone crosses him and he switches and is able to create violence straight away. Um, and, and it can be easy to stop playing him as like a psychotic kind of, uh, you know, not level-headed person. But I think especially in this first season, we're, we're kind of watching him grow from a boy into a man. And I don't think, I don't think anyone is born with that, that, that violence in them. It's something that, that, grows over time for, for whatever reason. Um, and this really is a character study on how he becomes who he becomes. So for me, it was about like finding that watchful quality that, that kind of, he's always watching, he's always absorbing. Um, but then because of that, he's also the first to act because he sees something happening before it happens. Um, and he's, he's incredibly smart. All accounts of him basically talk about how like, how incredibly smart he was. And like, he was dealt a, a really crappy hand and had he not been, you can't help but wonder what he would have become. He probably would have gone on to become like a surgeon or something. Um, you know, he had, he had the makings of a great person, um, but was really sent down the wrong path. And Michael and I were really keen from the start not to apologize for, his, for the bad things that he did, but also at the same time, uh, and not, not to kind of, uh, you know, romanticize the violence of it. So the first season, when you do see him starting to kind of take a difficult path and do things that, that uh, are less than desirable, we also wanted to make it really difficult for him to do that. It's not, it's not something that he ever chooses out of pleasure um, or out of like, you know, being a, a, a psycho killer. Uh, he, he really does kind of get forced down that path. But what you do see is that as it goes, it becomes easier for him. And every time it becomes kind of easier for him. Um, And that's the scary thing is watching how someone kind of with such strong values and morals at the start over time and after obstacle and obstacle and kind of grief and grief, he, he uh, he becomes someone who it becomes easy to to kill. Um, And that's the scary thing because that happens in life. You know, that those are the people who, who we look at in the street and we're like, Oh man, that person's lived a life. And because they've lived a life, they're a little scary to me. Um, And you know, it's, it's a, it's a, psychological kind of uh deep dig into into his psychology which I think is fascinating it is and and with the intelligence that you were talking about as well and even just if you look at all of the skills that he picked up over time or even just being literate at a time where that wasn't a common thing and with all the circumstances of of his world at that point um you know learning other languages learning musical instruments it's clear that he was someone who was kind of always evolving and always kind of figuring out new things as well and so how did you 
navigate episode by episode, thinking about what is it that he would learn from the world? What is it that he would learn from the people around him? Because he really is in that space of other people kind of teaching him a lot of things in, in this season at this point. Yeah. And we're already getting to see a lot of that evolution <laughs> and change in a really interesting way. Yeah, it, I was lucky. It kind of happened pretty organically, honestly. Um, obviously, I turned up and I had to learn to ride and learn to shoot and learn to kind of handle guns like a professional very quickly. Once I had the basic kind of skills down um, and the groundwork kind of there, I got to learn as Billy learned because we shot fairly sequentially, kind of two episodes at a time. Um, and so as, and the, the beauty of the story is that we're watching him grow up in the first season. And so I kind of got to grow up with him a little bit and got to kind of grow into his skin. Um, and, and yeah, a lot of the scenes in season one, you do get to see him kind of, you know, the first day that he, he gets up on a horse and uh, he has to prove to Billy Matthews that he can, he can work as a ranch hand. Um, and again, it kind of puts me in, in the corral and I have to get on horseback and lasso a, a cow from horseback. Um, that was the first time I'd ever done that. And it was the first time Billy had ever done that. Um, and so there's this kind of organic growth that happens between the actor and the character with something like this, which is not always the case. Often you're dropped in as an actor kind of midway through their arc, through their life, and you have to kind of fill in a lot of gaps very quickly. And sometimes, you know, you, you end up missing things. With this, I was lucky that I got to literally kind of put my feet in his boots and walk with him the whole way. Um, and, and I hope, I hope, and I, I feel it gives it kind of an authenticity that um, you're not always lucky enough to have as, as an actor. And with that idea of the authenticity in terms of a lot of the physical aspects of him as well, it, it wasn't just a case of, okay, I'm learning to ride a horse. Um, I love the detail of how, I think it was a friend of a friend of yours who works with horses and does a lot of yoga and Reiki work with horses. And so the first thing that she had you do was actually just like take your shoes off and just lay on the horse's back and really do a lot of <laughs> breath and, and energy work. But I thought that was so fascinating because it's not just about getting on a horse and being able to ride. It's about the relationship that you have with an animal that you spend that much time with um and so how did aspects like that and then even just learning saddle care like taking care of that like mucking out stables like grooming the horse all really end up influencing and shaping aspects of the character that you then were carrying on to screen from those experiences yeah I mean I hadn't had much experience riding horses before this I'd, I'd ridden twice and kind of fallen off once and, and not had a very good first experience um and literally like didn't get back in the saddle until this like years later um and i i knew of a friend of a friend uh near where i was living kind of during the pandemic uh, in upstate new york and she has a ranch and she rescues mustangs from the southern border who are kind of uh going off to be sold basically and, and often mistreated and uh she rescues them and so she's got like 22 she's got like a herd of 22 horses um and she's like sure come down I'll teach you to ride um so I I put on my boots and my uh my, my you know my jeans and my 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 rough clothes I'm expecting like get get mucky and I was like you know I help you muck out or do anything I want to learn the whole the whole shebang um and I expected to get up on a horse and like learn to ride I get down there and she like has me take my shoe, shoes off and she's like okay great and I'm rearing to go um, and she takes the saddle off and she has me lie over the back of the horse and uh, basically spends like an hour doing Reiki work and energy work with me and the horse. And at first I was like, this is crazy. What have I got myself in for? This, this is not learning to ride. I'm never going to learn to ride. I'm going to show up and be terrible. Uh, but she eventually did get me up on the horse. And what I learned was like the connection between the rider and the animal is really important. They, they have to trust you and you have to trust them. Um, and while it was definitely a, an, an orth unorthodox way to do it. And when I got to Calgary, those kind of stoic cowboys who live up there and were teaching us up there had a very different approach, um, which is far more kind of like straight to the point. Um, I got a bit of both and I got to really kind of like, you know, learn the different um, 
avenues through which you can learn to ride and, and treat horses and uh and you know um, billy would have not have been doing reiki with his horses in the old west in the 1800s like there's no way i don't think reiki probably existed in at least in western culture at that time um however there are accounts of him having a really good relationship with his horses and being a very skilled rider um and i don't think you can be that skilled a rider without respecting the animal um so i learned a lot i, I came away from this really respecting horses and people who work with horses uh, and that kind of whole culture and it is a culture that you know that the kind of western or um you know ranching culture is really rich is you know it's, it's there's a lot of pride in that there's people who take it um incredibly seriously and it is their livelihood and and what they love to do and they, they live outdoors and they, they they work and live with animals and they love them um they are working animals you know they have a job to do um but there's a mutual respect there which i i really came to appreciate and respect and there's a lot of physical aspects to creating a character even beyond, you know, elements like getting on a horse and, and learning to cattle wrangle in yeah. terms of, well, how does that influence the movement of a character? You know, it doesn't take long being on a horse to understand why cowboys walk the way that they do. Oh, true. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I've never aspects. had so many ice baths in my life. Honestly, I was aching like a crazy person. It was insane. Yeah. But, you know, how did you take aspects like that and then even just descriptions of his personality that might give ideas of, of kind of how he physically moved into the world to create the physicality of who he was going to be as a character on screen? Yeah, I mean, for me, the physicality is always a huge part of it. And uh, I feel like as that, do you have kind of like your base, your center, and then you have to like build off of that or, or uh, you know, kind of elaborate on that and build around that for, for a part. Um, and for someone like Billy, for me, that was about asking questions um, like, you know, when he's growing up out on the plains and out on the trail on a wagon with his family and there's literally dust storms coming every day and hitting him in the face. How does that affect his voice, his vocal quality and his, um, you know, the way he speaks? I'm English from a small town in northern England and, and then became like a city kid. So like that affect the way I speak. It's not as uh, there's not as much grit in my in my natural voice. Um, and so taking on Billy I asked those sort of questions and you know again it's like it's it's uh influenced by the history and by the script and then you elaborate on it and I kind of found those questions to be really informative so I found that his his voice was kind of more lateral and and more kind of had more grit and gravel in it because he literally grew up like in a dustier drier environment and had less access to running water so couldn't drink as much so he literally was more dried out and I thought what does that do to him um the riding you mentioned it's like that drops your center of gravity down because all your tension is kind of in your abs um, and in your thighs. And so literally like your kind of your tension kind of comes from down there, whereas a lot of us kind of nowadays lead up here. Um, and so there was a lot of kind of like asking those informed questions and then trying to work out and play what with what that did to my body to make me more like, hopefully he probably would have been. Um, yeah. And then, you know, what does it mean to like do more manual labor than I'm used to doing and, and that kind of thing? What does that do to you? And I, I was luckily living in upstate New York in a cabin when I got the part and I was literally chopping wood every day um, and feeding a fire. So I had very calloused hands and stuff like that. Um, and was, was like lifting, lifting a lot. And, uh, and, and I kind of felt over time with all these things, they kind of all came together to make me really feel like I was, I was kind of living in his, his shoes, so to speak. And I also wanted to ask about working, working with kind of the camera department and the directors on the show, because 
the the camera is very close to you a lot of the time and and very much gives us you going back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of the observational quality really gives us that window in by by having a lot of intimacy in its relationship with you and so how did a lot of the the choreography of scenes and blocking of scenes come together because sometimes it's you know when you're just sitting somewhere or standing somewhere or watching another character but sometimes the camera's right on you in the middle of you know running in a field on a horse with a bunch of cows around you as well and it's just as intimate in those moments yeah, I mean, the show is really intimate, I think. It's, it has a lot of intimacy. And, and for a Western, I think every director we had and, and Michael and Donald from the start, our, our writer and producer, were all really keen to make this not just like a, a cliched Western, as I, as I spoke about. They wanted to make it more intimate than that. Um, but at the same time, you are out in the elements and, and we shot this on on location. Not a single frame was in a, in a um, soundstage or a studio. Uh, and so... It, it honestly I wish I could say that it was difficult but it was really easy to feel like I was living that life it was we we're literally out on the plains and most of the time on horseback or running through the dust um and before long like your imagination kicks in and you become a child again and you can completely forget the cameras there um and we had a great team who, who set dressed the hell out of it and it was just it, it shot beautifully it looks really authentic and I think a lot of that is because they threw us in at the deep end and said, okay, like, you know, the wagon's tipping over in a river, then you're tipping over in a, in a wagon in the river, you know, like you have to live it. Um, so yeah, it, it was actually, it was pretty easy to kind of forget the camera was there. And with the fact that the, I think this is your first time leading a television series in this way, what, what were the biggest challenges that, that came with that in terms of new spaces that that was taking you into, or what were the main learning curves that came out of the experience for you? Yeah, I mean, I've, I, it is my first time leading a show. I've never been in anything where I'm in every scene and I, I'm pretty much in every scene in this show. Uh, and, and honestly, learning to, to kind of build stamina was a huge part. Like I, I was joking about the ice bath, but I wasn't. I mean, I had, I literally, most nights I would get home and I would, I would run a cold bath and put sea salt, uh, you know, uh, Epsom salts in it and, and, and kind of soothe my wounds. And by the end, you know, like, I was pretty beat up and still having to go in the next morning at 5 a.m. and jump on a horse and like be in every scene. Um, and I, I guess I just, I realized that you kind of have to be an athlete uh, to really do this job well um, and to do it consistently and have longevity um, and take care of yourself. So it was a learning curve in that sense. You know, we had a, a cast that loved each other. We were so close. And on the weekends, everyone would be like, let's go out, you know, let's have fun. And sometimes I would, for the first time in my life, really have to kind of rein it in and say, you know what, I would love to come with you, but you know, I'm up at six on Monday morning and I've, I've got to, I've got to take my seven baths tonight. So, uh, you know, I, there's only so much time to take seven baths in a day. Uh, so I was like, you know, it's listening to your body, listening to your mind and making sure that, um, you have the stamina and the kind of the bandwidth mentally to show up every day and, and lead from, I guess, lead by example, which is something I learned as well. You know, it's like, uh, I've been lucky enough to work with some really cool people, uh, in my kind of short career so far. Um, and learn from them and there was a point I guess on this where I realized that um, especially with like the younger cast like young Jonah who was playing little Billy um, yeah there's a moment where I kind of forgot that like or remembered that I was I was once little Billy I was once little Jonah and and, uh, and that he was looking up to us the older cast and so yeah you kind of lead by example and uh, try and remember the things that that other actors have told you over the years. Uh, well, I really, really love hearing all these details about working on the show and, and loved watching your performance throughout the first season. Thank you so much for all of that, Tom. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Mara. Appreciate it. Thank you.